At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, it is our privilege to partner with local churches both in the United States and around the world in training men for the gospel ministry. If your church supports CBTS with $200 a month and a commitment to pray for us, any student in your church can attend CBTS tuition-free. To learn more about how you can partner with us in providing informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, visit cbtseminary.org. Serena Dwight's Preface to the Diary of Jonathan Edwards The Diary of Mr. Edwards begins December 18, 1722, when he was 19 years of age. As far as to January 15th and night, it is written on two detached slips of paper, and the remainder in a book. He mentions January 14th, his making the book, and annexing the loose papers to it as it commences abruptly and as near as possible to the top of that paper, the beginning of it is undoubtedly lost, and it is not improbable that as he originally wrote it, it may have reached back at least to the period of his preparation for the ministry. It was intended, as will at once be perceived for his own private use exclusively, and had it been with him at the close of life, it is not unlikely it might have been destroyed. Still, whatever is calculated to do good, and is perfectly consistent with an author's real reputation, may be published with honor whatever his design might be while he wrote it. The best of men indeed have thoughts and opinions and feelings which are perfectly proper and right in themselves, which yet it would be wholly improper for them to disclose to others. But a man of sound discretion will take care that nothing of this nature is placed within the reach of accident. What Jonathan Edwards wished to have concealed from every eye but his own, he wrote in shorthand, and on one occasion, after having written to a considerable extent in that character, he adds his remark in his customary hand, Remember to act according to Proverbs 12, verse 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge. The reader, while perusing the diary in its various parts, will, I think, be struck with it, as possessing the following characteristics. It consists of facts and of solid thought, dictated by deep religious feeling, and not of the mere expressions of feelings and of commonplace moral reflections or exhortations. It was intended for his own eyes exclusively and not chiefly for those of his friends and of the public. It is an exhibition of the simple thinking, feeling, and acting of a man who is unconscious how he appears except to himself and to God, and not the remarks of one who is desirous of being thought humble, respecting his own humility. If we suppose a man of Christian simplicity and godly sincerity to bring all the secret motions of his own soul under the clear, strong light of heaven, and there to survey them with a piercing and an honest eye and a contrite heart, in order to humble himself and make himself better, it is just the account what such a man would write. In these respects it is, with only here and there a solitary exception wholly unlike any diary of modern times, and as such, 
is with here and there a solitary exception, the only diary of modern times that ought ever to have been published, end quote, for today's broadcast. This is a part of his diary from his first pastorate in the year 1722. The previous part of this diary I narrated yesterday, and it's on the Narrated Puritan at SermonAudio.com. December 18th, this day made the 35th resolution. The reason why I, in the least, question my interest in God's love and favor is because I cannot speak so fully to my experience of that preparatory work of which divines speak. I do not remember that I experienced regeneration exactly in those steps in which divines say it is generally wrought, and I do not feel the Christian graces sensibly enough, particularly faith. I fear I have only those outward hypocritical affections which wicked men may feel as well as others. They do not seem to be sufficiently inward, full, sincere, entire, and hearty. They do not seem so substantial and so wrought into my very nature as I could wish, because I am sometimes guilty of sins of omission and commission. Lately I have doubted whether I do not transgress in evil speaking. By the way, I just wanted to say as a footnote, this is the only paragraph in all of Jonathan Edwards' writings where I have read anything about him casting doubt upon whether he was converted or not. After this, he enjoyed a full assurance of salvation. December 19th. This day I made the 36th resolution. Lately I have been very much perplexed by seeing the doctrine of different degrees and glory questioned, but now I've almost got over that difficulty. December 20th. This day, somewhat questioned whether I had not been guilty of negligence yesterday and this morning but I determined I did not. December 21st, Friday. This day and yesterday I was exceeding dull, dry, and dead. December 22nd, Saturday. This day, revived by God's Holy Spirit, affected with a sense of the excellency of holiness, felt more exercise of love to Christ than usual, have also felt sensible repentance for sin, because it was committed against so merciful and good a God. This night made the 37th resolution. Sabbath night, December 23rd, made the 38th resolution. Monday, December 24th, higher thoughts than usual of the excellency of Christ and of his kingdom, concluded to observe at the end of every month a number of breaches of my resolutions, to see whether they increase or diminish, to begin from this day and to compute from that the weekly account, my monthly increase, and out of the whole my yearly increase, beginning from New Year days. Wednesday, December 26th, early in the morning yesterday, I was hindered by the headache all day, though I hope I did not lose much time made in addition to the 37th resolution concerning weeks, month, and years. At night I made the 33rd resolution. Saturday, December 29th, about the sunset this day. I was dull and lifeless. January 1st, 1723. 
I've been dull for several days. Examine whether I've not been guilty of negligence today. And resolved, no. Wednesday, January 2nd. Dull, fine by experience. That let me make resolutions and do what I will with never so many inventions. It is all nothing and to no purpose at all without the motions of the Spirit of God. For if the Spirit of God should be as much withdrawn from me always, as for the week past, notwithstanding all I do, I should not grow, but should languish and miserably fade away. I perceive if God should withdraw a spirit a little more, I should not hesitate to break my resolutions, and should soon arrive in my old state. There is no dependence on myself. Our resolutions may be at the highest one day, and yet the next day we may be in a miserable, dead condition, not at all like the same person who resolved, so that it is to no purpose to resolve except we depend on the grace of God. For if it were not for his mere grace, one might be a very good man one day and a very wicked one the next. I find also by experience that there is no guessing on the ends of providence in particular dispensations towards me any otherwise than his afflictions come as corrections for sin, and God intends when we meet with them to desire us to look back on our ways and see wherein we have done amiss and lament that particular sin and all our sins before him, knowing this also that all things shall work together for our good, not knowing in what way indeed but trusting in God. Saturday evening, January 5th, a little redeemed from a long dreadful dullness about reading the scriptures. This week have been unhappily low in the weekly account. And what are the reasons of it? Abundance of listlessness and sloth. And if this should continue much longer, I perceive that other sins will begin to discover themselves. It used to appear to me that I had not much sin remaining, but now I perceive that there are great remainders of sin. Where may it not bring me to if God should leave me? Sin is not enough mortified. Without the influences of the Spirit of God, the old serpent would begin to rouse up himself from his frozen state and would come to life again. Resolved, that I have been negligent in two things, and not striving enough in duty, and in not forcing myself upon religious thoughts. Sabbath day, January 6th, at night, much concerned about the improvement of precious time, intend to live in continual mortification without ceasing, and even to weary myself by it. As long as I am in this world, and never to expect or desire any worldly ease or pleasure. Monday, January 7th at night, made the fortieth resolution. Tuesday, January 8th in the morning, had higher thoughts than usual of the excellency of Christ, and felt an unusual repentance of sin from it. Wednesday, January 9th at night, spiritually decayed. I am sometimes apt to think that I have a great deal more of holiness than I really have. I find now and then that abominable corruption, which is directly contrary to what I read of eminent Christians, 
I do not seem to be half so careful to improve my time, to do everything quick and in as short a time as I possibly can, nor to be perpetually engaged to think about religion, as I was yesterday and the day before, nor indeed as I have been at certain times, perhaps a twelve-month ago. If my resolutions of that nature from that time had always been kept alive and awake, how much better might I have been than I now am? How deceitful is my heart! I take up a strong resolution, but how soon does it weaken? Thursday, January 10th, about noontime. I am recovering. It is a great dishonor to Christ, in whom I hope I have an interest to be uneasy at my worldly state and condition, or when I see the prosperity of others, and that all things go easy with them. The world is smooth to them, and they are very happy in many respects, and very prosperous, or are advanced to much honor, to grudge them their prosperity, or envy them on account of it or to be in the least uneasy at it, to wish and long for the same prosperity, and to desire that it should ever be so with me. Therefore, I have concluded always to rejoice in everyone's prosperity, and not to pretend to expect or desire it for myself, and to expect no happiness of that nature as long as I live, but to depend on afflictions, and to betake myself entirely to another happiness. I think I find myself much more sprightly and healthy, both in body and mind, for my self-denial in eating, drinking, and sleeping. I think it would be advantageous every morning to consider my business and temptations, and the sins to which I shall be exposed on that day, and to make a resolution how to improve the day, and avoid those sins, and so at the beginning of every week, month, and year. I never knew before what was meant by not setting our hearts on those things. It is not to care about them, nor to depend upon them, nor to afflict ourselves with the fear of losing them, nor to please ourselves with the expectation of obtaining them, or with the hopes of their continuance. That night I made the forty-first. Resolution. Saturday, January 12th. In the morning, I have this day solemnly renewed my baptismal covenant and self-dedication, which I renewed when I was taken into the communion of the church. I have been before God, and have given myself all that I am and have, to God, so that I am not in any respect my own. I can challenge no right in this understanding, this will, these affections which are in me. Neither have I any right to this body, or any of its members, no right to my tongue, my hands, my feet, no right to these senses, these eyes, these ears, this smell or this taste. I have given myself clearly away, and I have not retained anything as my own. I gave myself to God in my baptism, and I have been this morning to him, and told him that I gave myself wholly to him. I have given every power to him, so that for the future I will challenge no right in myself, in no respect, whatever. 
I've expressly promised him, and I do now promise Almighty God, that by his grace, I will not. I have this morning told him that I did take him for my whole portion and felicity, looking on nothing else as any part of my happiness, nor acting as it were, and his law for the constant rule of my obedience, and would fight with all my might against the world, the flesh, and the devil, to the end of my life, and that I did believe in Jesus Christ, and did receive him as a prince and a savior, and that I would adhere to the faith and obedience of the gospel, however hazardous and difficult the confession and practice of it may be, and that I did receive the blessed Spirit as my teacher, sanctifier, and only comforter, and cherish all his motions to enlighten, purify, confirm, comfort, and assist me. This I have done, and I pray God for the sake of Christ to look upon it as a self-dedication, and to receive me now as entirely his own, and to deal with me in all respects as such, whether he afflicts me, or prospers, or prospers me, or whatever he pleases to do with me, who am his. Now, henceforth, I am not to act in any respect as my own. I shall act as my own if I ever make use of any of my powers to anything that is not to the glory of God, and do not make the glorifying of him my whole and entire business. If I murmur in the least at any affliction, if I grieve at the prosperity of others, if I am in any way uncharitable, if I am angry because of injuries, if I revenge them, if I do anything purely to please myself, or if I avoid anything for the sake of my own ease, if I omit anything because it is great self-denial, if I trust to myself, if I take any of the praise of any good that I do, or the God does by me, or if I am in any way proud. This day, May the 42nd and 43rd resolutions, whether or not any other end ought to have any influence at all on any of my actions, or whether any action ought to be in any otherwise, in any respect, than it would be, if nothing else, but religion had the least influence on my mind. Therefore, I make the 44th. Resolution. Question. Whether any delight or satisfaction ought to be allowed because any other end is obtained beside a religious one, any afternoon I answer yes, because if we should never allow ourselves to rejoice, but because we have obtained a religious end, we should never rejoice at the sight of friends. We should not allow ourselves any pleasure in our food, whereby the animal spirits would be withdrawn and good digestion hindered. But the query is to be answered thus. We never ought to allow any joy or sorrow but what helps religion. Therefore I made the 45th resolution. The reason why I so soon grow lifeless and unfit for the business I am about, I have found out it's only because I have been used to suffer myself to leave off for the sake of ease. And so I have acquired a habit of expecting ease, and therefore when I think I have exercised myself a great while, 
I cannot keep myself to it any longer because I expect to be released as my due and right. And then I am deceived, as if I were really tired and weary. Whereas, if I did not expect ease and was resolved to occupy myself with business as much as I could, I should continue with the same vigor in my business without vacation time to rest. Thus I have found it in reading the scriptures, and thus I have found it in prayer, and thus I believe it to be in getting sermons memorized, and in other things. At night, this week, the weekly account rose higher than ordinary. It is suggested to me that too constant a mortification and too vigorous application to religion may be prejudicial to health, but nevertheless I will plainly feel it and experience it before I cease. On that account, it is no matter how much tired and weary I am, if my health is not impaired. Sabbath day, January 13th. I plainly feel that if I should continue to go on as from the beginning of the last week until now, I should continually grow and increase in grace. After the afternoon meeting, made in addition to the 45th resolution, in noon I remember, I thought that I loved to be a member of Christ, and not anything distinct but only a part so as to have no separate interest or pleasure of my own. At night, I resolved to endeavor fully to understand 1 Corinthians 7, verses 29 to 32, and to act according to it. 1 Corinthians 7, 29 to 32 says, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remains that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And those that weep, as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice, as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy, as though they did not possess. And they that use this world is not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. Monday, January 14th, about 10 o'clock in the morning. Made this book, and put these papers in it. Editor's note, he refers to slips of paper on which the first part of the diary is written as far as January 15th in the evening. The dedication which I made of myself to God on Saturday last has been exceedingly useful to me. I thought I had a more spiritual insight into the scriptures when reading the 8th of Romans than ever before. At night... Great instances of mortification are deep wounds given to the body of sin, hard blows which make him stagger and reel. We thereby get strong ground and footing against sin. He is the weaker ever after, and we have easier work with him the next time. He grows cowardly, and we can easily cause him to give way until at length we find it easy work with him and can kill him at pleasure. While we live without great instances of mortification and self-denial, the old man keeps about where he was, for he is sturdy and obstinate. It will not stir for small blows. This, without doubt, is one great reason why many Christians do not sensibly increase in grace. After the greatest mortifications, I always find the greatest comfort. Wrote the 63rd Resolution. 
Such little things as Christians commonly do will not evince much increase of grace. We must do great things for God. It will be best when I find that I have lost any former ancient good motions or actions, to take notice of it, if I can remember them. Tuesday, January 15th, about 2 or 3 o'clock. I've been all this time decaying. It seemed yesterday, the day before, and Saturday, that I should always retain the same resolutions to the same height. But alas, how soon do I decay? Oh, how weak, how infirm, how unable to do anything of myself. What a poor, inconsistent being. What a miserable wretch without the assistance of the Spirit of God. While I stand, I'm ready to think that I stand by my own strength and upon my own legs, and I'm ready to triumph over my spiritual enemies as if it were I myself that caused them to flee when, alas, I am but a poor infant upheld by Jesus Christ, who holds me up and gives me liberty to smile, to see my enemies flee when he drives them before me. And so I laugh, as though I myself did it, when it is only Jesus Christ that leads me along and fights himself against my enemies. And now the Lord has a little left me. How weak! Do I find myself, well, let it teach me to depend less on myself, to be more humble, and to give more of the praise of my ability to Jesus Christ. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The occasion of my decaying is a little melancholy. My spirits are depressed because I fear that I lost some friendship the last night. And my spirits being depressed, my resolutions have lost their strength. I differ today from yesterday in these things. I do not resolve anything today half so strongly. I am not so perpetually thinking of renewing my resolutions as I was then. I am not half so vigorous as I was then. Or I am half so careful to do everything with vigor. Then I kept continually acting. But now I do things slowly and satisfy myself by thinking of religion in the meantime. I'm not so careful to go from one business to another. I felt humiliation about sunset. What I shall do in order that I may with a good grace fall into Christian discourse and conversation. At night, the next time I am in such a lifeless frame, I will force myself to go rapidly from one thing to another and to do those things with vigor in which vigor would ever be useful. The things which take off my mind when bent on religion are commonly some remarkable change or alteration, journeys, change of place, change of business, change of studies, and change of other circumstances, or something that makes me melancholy, or some sin. Thursday, January 17th, about 3 o'clock overwhelmed with melancholy. Friday, January 18th, at night, beginning to endeavor to recover out of the death I have been in for these several days. Sabbath day, January 20th, at night, the last week, I was sunk so low 
that I fear it will be a long time before I am recovered. I fell exceedingly low in the weekly account. I find my heart so deceitful that I am almost discouraged from making any more resolutions, wherein I have been negligent in the week past. And how could I have done better to help the dreadful low estate in which I am sunk? Monday, January 21st, before sunrise, answered the preceding questions thus. I ought to have spent the time in bewailing my sins and in singing psalms, especially psalms or hymns of penitence, these duties being most suited to the frame I was in. I do not spend time enough in endeavoring to affect myself with the glories of Christianity. Fell short in the monthly account. It seems to me that I am fallen from my former sense of the pleasantness of religion. Tuesday, February 5th. At night, I have thought that this being so exceedingly careful and so particularly anxious to force myself to think of religion at all times has exceedingly distracted my mind. It made me altogether unfit for that and everything else. I have thought that this caused a dreadful low condition I was in on the 15th of January. I think that I stretched myself further than I could bear, and so broke. But now it seems to me, though I know not why, that I do not do enough to prepare for another world. I do not seem to press forward to fight and wrestle as apostles used to speak. I do not seem so greatly and constantly to mortify and deny myself. It's a mortification of which they speak, represents. Therefore, wherein ought I to do more in this way? I answer, I am again grown too careless about eating, drinking, and sleeping, not careful enough about evil speaking. Saturday, February 16th. I do certainly now know that I love holiness such as the gospel prescribes. At night, for the time past of my life, I have been negligent and that I have not sufficiently kept up that part of divine worship, singing the praise of God in secret and in company. I have been negligent a month past in these three things. I have not been watchful enough over my appetites in eating and drinking and rising too late in the morning and in not applying myself with sufficient application to the duty of secret prayer. Sabbath day, February 17th, near sunset, renewedly promise that I will accept of God for my whole portion, and that I will be contented whatever else I am denied. I will not murmur, nor be grieved, whatever prosperity upon any account I see others enjoy, and I am denied. To this I have lately acted contrary. Thursday, February 21st, I perceive that I never yet have adequately known what was meant by being weaned from the world, by not laying up treasure on earth but in heaven, by not having our portion in this life, by making the concerns of another life my whole business, by taking God for our whole portion. I find my heart in great part yet adheres to the earth. Oh, that it might be quite separated from thence. I find that when I have power and reputation as others, I am uneasy 
and it does not satisfy me to tell me that I have chosen God for my whole portion, and that I have promised to rest entirely contented with Him. Saturday, February 23rd, I find myself miserably negligent, and that I might do twice the business that I do if I were set upon it. See how soon my thoughts of this manner will be differing from what they are now. I have been indulging a horrid laziness a good while, and did not know it. I can do seven times as much in the same time now as I can at other times, not because my faculties are in a better tune, but because of the fire of diligence that I feel burning within me. If I could but always continue so, I should not meet with one quarter of the trouble. I should run the Christian race much better, and shall go out of the world a much better man. Saturday, March 2nd. Oh, how much more base and vile am I! when I feel pride working in me, than when I am in a more humble disposition of mind. How much, how exceedingly much more lovely is and humble than a proud disposition. And I'll plainly perceive it, and am really sensible of it. How immensely more pleasant is a humble delight than a high thought of myself. How much better do I feel when I am truly humbling myself than when I am pleasing myself with my own perfections. Oh, how much more pleasant is humility than pride. Oh, that God would fill me with exceeding great humility, and that he would evermore keep me from all pride. The pleasures of humility are really the most refined, inward, and exquisite delights in the world. How hateful is a proud man. How hateful is a worm that lifts up itself with pride. What a foolish, silly, Miserable, blind, deceived, poor worm I am, when pride works. At night, I've lately been negligent as to reading the scriptures. Notwithstanding my resolutions on Saturday, I've not been sedulous and diligent enough. Wednesday, March 6, near sunset. Regarded the doctrines of election, free grace, our inability to do anything without the grace of God and that holiness is entirely throughout the work of the Spirit of God, with greater pleasure than ever before. March 7th. I think I now suffer from not forcing myself enough on religious thoughts. Saturday night, March 24th. I intend, if I am ever settled, to concert measures and study methods of doing good in the world, and to drop rules of acting in this manner and writing of all the methods I can possibly devise by which I can in any respect do good. Saturday night, March 31st. This week I've been too careless about eating. Monday, March, April 1st. I think it best not to allow myself to laugh at the faults, follies, and infirmities of others. April 7th. This week I found myself so far gone that it seemed to me I should never recover more. Let God of his mercy return unto me, and no more leave me thus to sink and decay. I know, O Lord, that without your help I shall fall. Innumerable times, notwithstanding all my resolutions, how often soever repeated. Saturday night, April 13th. I could pray more heartily this night for the forgiveness of my enemies than ever before. I am somewhat apt after having asked one petition over many times to be weary of it. But now, 
I am resolved not to give way to such a disposition. Jonathan Edwards Thank you.